Hello and welcome to Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets Podcast. This is episode 111. In today's episode, a massive pet food recall for Midwestern pet foods. Addison's disease. What is it and how you can help your dog? Four, essential oil recipes for dogs. Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets is on all your favorite podcast apps, including Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. I'd love it if you'd subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. Questions or suggestions? Feel free to post a comment about this podcast episode on the blog at www.theinternetpetvet.com. Lastly, I encourage you to get a copy of my new free book called Natural Health for Dogs and Cats, in which I share the most important natural remedies to keep your pet healthy and treat disease. You can get your copy by going here at www.veterinarysecrets.com. Now let's get right into today's podcast. The Midwestern Pet Foods Large Pet Food Recall Due to Possible Salmonella Contamination. Midwestern Pet Foods, they issued a large pet food recall due to possible salmonella contamination, which can cause bacterial infections in both dogs and cats and their owners. The recall affects 140 specific lots of dry dog and cat food products from five parent brands, including several different sub-brands, according to the FDA. The company, they initiated the voluntary pet food recall on March 26, after routine sample testing conducted at their Illinois manufacturing plant indicated that the affected products could contain salmonella bacteria. In December 2020, Midwestern issued an unrelated dog food recall on products made at its Oklahoma plant due to aflatoxin contamination. In that recall, more than 110 dogs died, and there were over 200 cases of reported illnesses in dogs. The current brands that are affected by this recall include Sports Trail, Sport Mix, which includes the Wholesome's and Canine X sub-brands, ProPack, including ProPack Ultimates, Meridian and Earthborn Holistic, which includes their unrefined and Venture sub-brand. The recall includes lots with certain expiration dates from a number of product lines for both puppies and adult dogs of various breed sizes, including a wide variety of flavors and bag sizes. Five of the 140 recalled lots involve cat food products. But to find out if you need to take action, consult the FDA's full list of recalled products, including the specific bag sizes, expiration dates, and lot numbers check for as well as images of the packaging. All the lot numbers will contain the letter M, which signifies they were produced at the Monmouth facility. While the FDA has not yet received any reports of illnesses, salmonella infections poses a risk to cats and dogs, as well as their humans, particularly when a person hasn't properly washed their hands after handling the food or the surfaces of the food is touched like a scoop or a bowl. And that's very common. Just think every time you're feeding your dog or your cat, often you're touching the food. Pets that are sickened with salmonella can develop a variety of symptoms such as lethargy, diarrhea, sometimes bloody, fever, vomiting, loss of appetite, and stomach pain, according to the FDA. Sometimes though, pets can carry the infection without getting sick, potentially exposing other animals and humans to the bacteria. If your pet consumed one of the recall products and shows any of the symptoms listed, get in touch with your veterinarian. People infected with salmonella typically experience similar symptoms like diarrhea, possibly bloody, fever, stomach cramps, nausea or vomiting, which can come on anywhere from six hours to six days after infection and last four to seven days, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC. The majority of people recover completely and without any specific treatment, although antibiotics are needed in rare cases where the infection spreads outside the intestines, causing serious complications in other parts of the body. Just call your 
physician, if you come into contact with one of the recall products and you have symptoms of serious illness, which according to the FDA can also include endocarditis, that's a type of heart disease, muscle pain, eye irritation, and arterial infections. If you do have one of the recall products, the FDA advises destroying or discarding the food so that children, pets, or wildlife cannot get access to it. You should also thoroughly wash and sanitize any bowls, cups, or storage containers touched by the food, and wash and sanitize your own hands immediately. Distributors and retailers are being directed to pull the recalled products and get in touch with customers who bought the recalled products if they have a purchase tracking system which gives them that information. So what is Addison's disease? Well, it's a disease of dogs. We need to start out with what the adrenal gland is and the adrenal hormones because it's a disease where it doesn't produce enough of some specific hormones. The adrenal gland is so named because it's located just in front of the kidneys. The center of the gland is called the medulla, the outer area is called the cortex. Both of the areas produce hormones. Addison's disease, it concerns the hormones produced by the outer layer of the cortex. These hormones are called corticosteroids. These are needed to adapt to stressful situations. And without these hormones, even small stressors can lead to physiological disaster. In animals with Addison's disease, there's a deficiency of the corticosteroid hormones. It is unusual to discover the direct cause of this deficiency unless the patient has been taking medications that disrupt the adrenal balance. You know, medications like ketoconazole, lysodrin, or trilostane. But fortunately, the disease can be managed by giving corticosteroid hormones, even if the cause of the deficiency is unknown. What are the signs of a dog that has Addison's disease? Lethargy, weakness, anorexia, vomiting under diarrhea, gradual weight loss, thirst, shaking, depression. They're very vague and you know the disease is known as the great pretender in veterinary practice. We call it ADR, just a dog that comes in that ain't doing right. He's been off and on sick and like it's been ongoing. It kind of waxes and wanes, seems to get worse, you know, maybe with stress. It's a really difficult disease to diagnose. What are some of the breeds affected? This is primarily a disease of young, four to five year old female dogs. The breeds include the Great Dane, the Westies, West Highland White Terriers, all sizes of poodles, and Portuguese water dogs. It's a disease that is difficult to diagnose, as signs include listlessness, vomiting or diarrhea, inappetence, or in the vet world, ADR ain't doing right. It can lead to an Addisonian crisis. In this case, your dog will collapse in shock due to low blood sugar and high potassium levels. The potassium disrupts the heart rhythm, the heart rate slows, and arrhythmias result. There's really these vague initial signs. At first, the signs are really vague. Listlessness, possible some vomiting or diarrhea. The dog just doesn't seem to feel right, but not in an obvious way, and may seem more or less normal most of the time as symptoms wax and wane with stress. This vague waxing and waning goes on and on with the dog never really getting fully sick but never staying really well either. Eventually the disease can come to a head in a phenomenon known as the Addisonian crisis. Because it can present with this variety of symptoms, it's been known as the great imitator. The big check for this is the certain electrolyte called potassium and sodium. And these are the ones that are big indicators. You get elevated potassium, low sodium. You'd think we'd find that on a basic blood test, but often these electrolytes are not checked for. It's not a routine uh, diagnostic. A dog in shock. Classically, veterinarians are presented with a young animal in shock. 
There's usually no history of trauma or toxic exposure, so general treatment for shock is initiated. This consists of rapid administration of IV fluids, usually lactated ringers, which has little potassium and a moderate amount of sodium, plus some added glucocorticoids, like an IV injection of dexamethasone. By coincidence, often this is the exact treatment you'd be giving a dog that had Addison's disease. So you never really know what's going on. All of a sudden the dog recovers and you're like, okay, I've cured this dog in shock. Turns out he had Addison's, but you didn't know. So what is the treatment? Well, initially it needs to be diagnosed. Your veterinarian can perform these screening blood tests and if they're suspecting Addison's, make sure that they're also testing for the electrolytes. You know, what are the sodium levels? Is it really low? What is the potassium if it's really high? When you find these electrolytes uh, in that position, then you have big alarm bells goes off. Perhaps we have a dog that has Addison's disease. The definitive test for Addison's disease is a test called the ACTH stim test. Here your dog is receiving this hormone ACTH. A normal animal, they're gonna show an elevation in cortisol after they get ACTH. Well, Addisonian dog, they won't respond. So that's a hormone that normally the body releases to elevate the, the endogenous corticosteroid hormones. This cortex, this part of this gland is no longer responding, is not producing these hormones. So that's why the Addisonian dog won't respond. The next big treatment is hormone replacement. Here it's replacing the missing hormones with oral fluoronaph, it's called fludrocortisone. It's usually given twice a day. Most pets are also given oral prednisone at the same time. Also look at adding in a good quality vitamin mineral supplement. You wanna supplement with a quality vitamin mineral mix, you know, such as my supplement, Ultimate Canine Health Formula. Your dog is hormone deficient and ensuring that they are nutrient balanced lessens the chances of an Addisonian crisis. Omega-3 help. A supplement with additional krill oil, fish oil, flax oil, as the omega-3s are thought to help stabilize the adrenal gland. The dose is one teaspoon per cup of dog food of ground flax, or 500 milligrams per 10 pounds daily of fish or krill oil. Nettle, dandelion, and parsley. These are the tonic herbs that help boost your dog's overall immune system and also help their ability to cleanse toxins. You can give nettle, dandelion, parsley as a tincture or as the dried herb formulation, mixing them into your dog's food. The dose of the tincture is one mil per 10 pounds of the combined herbs, mixing them with equal parts. CBD or cannabidiol. Many people with Addison's disease are finding CBD to be very helpful in terms of regulating mood, pain, and increasing their appetite. Research has shown that 75% of patients who are suffering with Addison's disease, it's due to an autoimmune reaction or autoimmune condition. When this is discovered in the early stages, the use of CBD offers the possibility of preventing Addison's. The dog's CBD dose is three milligrams per 10 pounds of body weight daily, but you can easily up that to five times that amount. Four essential oil recipes for your dog. Thousands of people are safely and effectively using essential oils for their families with some wonderful results. Currently, there is published research supporting the use of essential oils for anxiety, skin disease, gingivitis, fungal disease, resistant bacterial disease, pain management, cancer, and dementia. Veterinarians are now using essential oils in animals for a variety of disorders from skin diseases such as ringworm, natural flea repellents, lavender for anxiety, to oils for treating ligament injuries. Here are four safe and effective essential oil recipes that you can use to help your dog. First, a calming mist. What you'll need, 300 mils of water, five to 10 drops of lavender essential oil, five to 10 drops of Roman chamomile essential oil, and a spray bottle. The instructions, mix all the ingredients together in the bottle and shake the bottle well before spraying. Spray a light mist over your dog during times when they need help settling. A good time to spray would be about 10 minutes before leaving the home before guests arrive. 
A doggy shampoo. What you'll need is 350 mils of water, two drops of lavender essential oil, one tablespoon of castile soap, two drops of peppermint essential oil, two drops of eucalyptus essential oil, two drops of rosemary essential oil, and then a bottle. Mix all the ingredients together in a jar before pouring into a bottle. Shake the bottle each time you use the shampoo. Lather well on your dog when bathing and rinse well. A homemade essential oil flea collar, what you'll need. A standard dog collar, two tablespoons of almond oil, two drops of a flea repelling essential oil such as cinnamon, rosemary, clove, peppermint, and cedarwood essential oil. If you're using a combination of oils such as rosemary and cinnamon for example, one drop of rosemary, one drop of cinnamon. What are the instructions? Mix the oils together and apply them to the collar. Number two, allow it to dry before placing on your pet. This collar it will repel fleas throughout the warmer months. All you need to do is reapply the oils once the effectiveness starts to wear off. You can't smell the oils anymore as strongly as you once did. A doggy deodorant recipe. What you'll need is a spray bottle, 10 drops of lavender essential oil, 6 drops of sweet orange oil, 6 drops of peppermint essential oil, 3 drops of eucalyptus, and 1 cup of purified water. The instructions. Mix all the ingredients into the spray bottle and shake well. Cover the face and eyes of your dog and spray onto their coat to get rid of their dog odor. This blend is especially useful on rainy days when the doggy smell is a lot more noticeable. Your home can also be sprayed with this blend to freshen up the house and it has added properties of sanitizing your rooms thanks to the eucalyptus and lavender oils. Essential oils are a great way to use a natural product to help your dog with minor ailments and problems. Not only will your dog thank you for it, you'll also be thankful knowing you're taking the best care for your furry friend. The last point I want to make is you don't just need to be getting your essential oils through these big multi-level marketing companies. You can get lavender, eucalyptus, cedarwood, chamomile, peppermint at a variety of places. I'm now getting all my essential oils from my local co-op for just a fraction of the price. So thanks you guys for listening to this edition of Dr. Jones's Veteran Secrets podcast. That was podcast 111. Questions or comments, feel free to post a comment on my blog at www.theinternetpetbat.com where I post all the podcast episodes. I'll have a link to the FDA link which shows you all those foods that have been recalled. You can ensure you're not feeding that to your dog or cat. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again next week. It's Dr. Jones.